Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ah, yes, Mr. Osher with an amazing guest just minutes away. He'll tell you all about that in a moment. But if you want to chime in and talk some gardening on this November Sunday, 866-391-1020. But we shall begin by asking for the 10th caller to get a gift certificate from Sorgles out in Wexford. And that number to dial is 412-922-1020. From the very popular DougOster.com, here he is, your organic gardener, Doug Oster, for a November 12th, 2023. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we do have a great guest. It's uh, 7.15. It's going to be Jordan Molino. She's a friend of mine, works uh, at Phipps, designing... Lots of those shows. We're going to talk about Holiday Magic, the Winter Flower Show, and Light Garden. That is a Pittsburgh tradition. And if you'd like to talk gardening, since we have a guest at 715, give us a call right now, 866-391-1020. And if you pop up there, we can get your question in. Other than that, I'm going to talk about some stuff that's happening in my garden. And yesterday, I was really missing Italy, and I had arugula out in the garden Uh Basil in the in the uh, unheated greenhouse, some little uh, what called Welsh onions, just little I don't know what you call them. What kind of onion we're talking about, Rob? Scallions, scallions. Oh yeah, and then yeah, some yeah. oregano. And so I stopped at the store and got a little bit of uh, cheese, and I had some cheese left from Italy, and I had uh, olive oil left from Italy, but I had the last. My favorite tomato, Heart of Italy, the last one yesterday, and it was one that I had ripened indoors, and so I picked it. It was green, but I think it had made the transition to, you know, not bright green, but starting to make that uh, move, and it's a really meaty tomato, and those are the ones that, that I think do the best, for me anyway, that you just put them in a bag with an apple, and they eventually ripen. I have a few sauce tomatoes left in there. I've had a couple recently. It's a San Marzano, but the variety is called Lungo 2, and it was sent to me from a gardening friend, uh, as were the, the same guy sent me the Welsh onions. And so uh, that was that was something. I put it on my Facebook page. I was like, you know, I had the, had the house to myself, so I'm like, what else do you do but make a platter for four people? <laughs> so the uh, leftovers they'll they'll go to my uh wife today when she gets home but oh you know that's when you have the last one of something from the garden it's just like oh we got to wait a whole other year to have a homegrown heart of italy tomato and there's still time to do some planting in fact i have planting to do i still have to put some perennials in i i can't believe this i bought last january i bought 
a type of hellebore, hellebore niger, that starts blooming right now. And, you know, I, I'm always talking about this plant because they, they sell it just as a holiday plant, yet it is a wonderful perennial. And again, anything that starts blooming now, I mean, geez. But they've just been sitting in the garden. I got to get those in the ground. Uh, I have a tree to plant. Uh, I've got some per- other perennials to plant. I've, I've got to get going. We we have a new puppy, and so, you know, all my time is going, especially when she's gone, all my time is going to make sure this puppy is is okay. <laughs> I've not been able to get out in the garden except to walk the dogs. And the other thing, shrubs, trees, perennials, but bulbs. I also have bulbs to plant. And I got a question from a listener, Dan, and he was looking online at uh, at uh, an article I wrote. He said, loved your article about your favorite bulbs. I was reading another article about planting bulbs for pollinators. Do you have any thoughts on checkered lilies, which is a type of fritillaria, snow crocus, uh, botanical tulips, wild daffodils? They claim they're all toxic to pets. Do you think it would be okay to plant them where deer could get them, or should I fence them in? And so, first off, no dog is going to eat or or animal. I mean, not any pet is going to eat any of that stuff. Uh, the deer will eat the snow crocus and certainly the tulips. They would love the tulips, but the daffodils are not going to touch. Uh, and so I just told them, you know, you're going to have to protect the, the snow crocus and the tulips because the deer will eat them to the ground. And I just told them, I, I mean... I guess you could fence them in, but just, uh, you know, spray them with some, uh, like I use Bobex, but some kind of deer repellent uh, to keep keep them off. But uh, I was just glad that somebody else was planting bulbs because, again, there's so many bargains now out at the nurseries, you know, as we get to the end of the season here. And because the season, the winter season, is starting so slow, there's still plenty of time to do planting. And when I talk about garlic... Uh, I still have to plant my garlic, and I, I'm ready to go here. This will all, everything will be planted, guaranteed, uh, by early next week. But I took some uh, some of those garlic uh, cloves and put them in a pot on the windowsill. Now I'm not going to get bulbs out of that, but I get the greens, and so for months I'll have those really tasty garlic greens uh, to just snip from the windowsill. And once they once they don't produce greens anymore, then I'll just start again. But uh, before we go to break, I want to talk about planting trees. Uh, you know, we've talked with uh, Davy Tree; they've been on you know uh, all season. But this is this is prime time tree planting. Uh, this the temperatures and the short days they're just conducive to root growth. People always ask me why would I plant these things in the fall. Because we don't want them to put on any top growth, we want them just to work on on getting those roots going, and that's what they'll do. Uh, so most of this information is from learning from the arborist from Davy. And the first thing is, actually, a smaller tree is better than a bigger tree, and that's because they get established much easier and are easier to take care of. The only thing is, you got to wait a little longer. You have to be patient, and that's part of gardening is patience. But the biggest, two biggest mistakes people make uh, is not digging the planting hole big enough. So twice as big, at least twice as big as the root ball, and then don't plant it too deep. We talk about this all the time. There's this 
space, uh, even when it's in a pot, brush off that top to find that thing called the root flare. And that's where the trunk and the roots meet, and it kind of just flares out. That's why they call it a root flare. And that has to be above grade. Uh, and so if you plant it too deep, it's just it's a good way to kill a tree. And I've got a couple cool varieties that you should think about. You know, people, are, again, are always asking me, like, what should I plant? What should I plant? Of course, always it's right tree, right place. And so, but I've got a couple ideas. Coosa uh, dogwood is a great uh, sun-loving tree. And there are some variegated varieties. One's called wolf eyes, which I just love because, again, you're getting... For Kusa dogwood, I, I'm looking at more seasons of interest. So you get the variegated foliage. You get the beautiful white flowers. Then you get these edible red berries uh, the size of a big marble. Uh, then there's another Kusa dogwood, and I've written about it, called Scarlet Fire that has these dark, dark, dark pink flowers. It's really cool. Uh, a variegated red bud is is a, a a cool tree and there's all sorts of different red buds and that one you know red buds have heart-shaped leaves so a lot of times that's planted as a memorial tree one that doesn't get planted a lot is called stewardia and it has a great shape it has this uh beautiful exfoliating bark uh flowers that look like peonies in the summer it is just a cool tree that that you should be planting, and one more before we go to break, uh, paper bark maple. I love the paper bark maple. It just has that coppery uh, exfoliating bark, like flaking off. It's just a, a, an awesome tree. So get out there. Get some planting done uh, before it gets so cold that we're going to be stuck inside. Coppery. Coppery. I know exactly what you're saying when you say coppery. The now. color of Copper. Copper. Yes, coppery. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. All right. We'll come back. Tell everybody who's coming up after the break. It's Jordan Molino from Phipps. We're going to talk all about the Winter Flower Show and Light Garden at Phipps. And we are going to have time to get to all of your calls. So if you have a gardening question, stay on the line or give us a call, 866-391-1020. He is back with his special guest. So without further ado, the host of this show, the organic gardener, Doug Oster. So happy to welcome my friend Jordan Molino from Phipps to the show. We're going to talk all about holiday magic, the winter flower show and light garden. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? Good morning, Doug. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Before we get into that show, tell us a little bit about what you do there at Phipps. I am the Associate Director of Exhibits at Phipps Conservatory, and I design the majority of our seasonal flower shows. We have a couple of other designers on staff, um, but I make sure that the shows go in and uh, open as planned. So when did you start planning this show that's opening well, uh, soon? Yeah, so our this show opens next Friday, the 17th, uh, so we're still getting ready for the show. And we plan about a year and a half in advance for this show. So I've certainly been working on this since last year, and I'm already working on next year's winter show, <laughs> if you can believe that. <laughs> so tell me, what am I going to see when I walk into the uh, conservatory, when I walk into the Palm Court? What am I going to be looking at? Well, this year's show is back with an all-new theme of Seasons Greenings, um, which I'm kind of referring to as a glitzy botanical look that's really all about the details. And as soon as our guests walk into the Palm Court, the first room of our, of our conservatory, um, they're greeted by a very cozy living room feel. We've built a living room hearth wall in the center of the Palm Court. 
with a flickering LED fire um, that's set with a uh, vintage armchair planted in succulents. And on top of that sits a topiary cat made out of dried plant materials. That's very cute. If you look closely, you can also see a tiny topiary mouse staged next to the, the wall as well. Um, and a beautiful seven-foot Fraser fur decorated in jewel tones. How many of these shows, and just ballpark it, have you designed? How many just, just winter shows, winter flower shows? Just uh, winter shows, uh, probably about six. Okay. Wow. Tell me about how you get inspired to 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 design them because every year, you know, I love all the shows, but the winter show, it's just you know, there's something traditional about it that you, you got to go see it. How how are you inspired to do something like usually just always different and very detail oriented in these shows? Yeah, and and every show every year is very different, and you'd think I'd run out of. Uh, new ideas by now, but certainly <laughs> haven't. Um, and I'm really inspired by our staff and uh, what they're able to make and craft. Um, so we've really been leaning into um, what we're able to uh, uh, utilize on site as far as um, um, cutting out plant material from our gardens and being able to preserve and use it in different ways. Um, so we've really been getting creative uh, at FIPS um, so, for example, this year we have been collecting Swiss cheese leaves from our gardens. Uh, we have a giant kind of two-foot plant press. We've been pressing these leaves in the plant press, preserving them, and then painting them in, in different colors to make garlands for the show, um, to utilize them to um, decorate wreaths and different things like that. So I'm really inspired by both our gardens and our staff and how creative they can be. You know, this show always uh, has a lot of poinsettias, and over the years, I've discovered some amazing poinsettias from going to the show. Anything in there uh, that's new or different that uh, is thrilling for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have 19 varieties of poinsettias in the show this year, two, <clears throat> two of which are brand new on the market. Um, and one of them that I'm, I'm really intrigued by is called Norwin Orange. And it's, it's still kind of red, but you get a, a really bright orange flare off of it. So we've paired it with a really big um, 10-foot tree frame that's planted in red anthuriums. And again, adorned with some of that Swiss cheese garland I was talking about. But we have this really warm colored room in our East Room with Lots of reds and oranges from that orange poinsettia. And tell me what I'll see when I walk into another one of my favorite rooms, which is the sunken garden. Oh, the sunken garden. So this is set with a formal dining room uh, table setting. You can almost you, you feel like you're walking from room to room in someone's home, um, from the palm court into the sunken. And these are two 10-foot tables set with, uh, again, that glitzy botanical look. Um, so we have a whole uh, plate setting there, but under the plates is a uh, garland of eucalyptus. And then running down the table, almost like as a table runner, is a moss mat liner decorated with more uh, dried plant materials. So it really is uh, that really wonderful mix of, of kind of formal and upscale, but the beautiful botanical details that uh, we're known for for these shows. And you know the show is one way during the day, 
and then another whole show at night, and then we head outside. So talk about that. Like I always tell people, go like in the afternoon, get something to eat there, and then stay for the the nighttime lights. And that and that's what I uh, agree with too. It's it's such a perfect time to go. Kind of that like mid afternoon time. So that way you can see the best of both worlds, inside and outside. Um, and outside, our winter light garden returns with millions of LED lights. Um, some of the new features this year, um, one of the features I'm really excited about is an interactive singing tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have this beautiful 60-foot-tall specimen tree. It's a pagoda tree that um, is lined with lights. And these lights react to guests singing to them. Um, so you can truly sing to this tree and it will respond to you, which I'm very excited about. All right. I, I'm definitely bringing the grandkids for that. Uh, before I let you go, tell me a little bit about what you hope that visitors get out of their visit uh, to the Winter Flower Show and the Light Garden. Well, this is truly a beautiful time of year to bring things in from your garden uh, to decorate your home. And so I hope that this show provides a little bit of inspiration about what could be done indoors to really take nature inside and be inspired by it all season long. The show opens Friday. I can't wait to see it, Jordan. And when I do, I'm going to ask you to take me through that show as I take pictures for social media and we'll be able to catch up. And as always, I appreciate you coming on the show and everything that you do at Phipps. Thank you so much, Jordan. Absolutely, Doug. Can't wait to see you. All right. Oh, man, I can't wait to see that show. It's going to be so nice. That winter show for me is just spectacular. And now i got a three-year-old I can take there. <laughs> I wish I could. we could stream live right now. You look like Santa after being, <laughs> being up all night on a sleigh. That's how I feel. <laughs> I know, but it's a good thing. All right, when we come back, we're going to take some calls. What do you think? Oh, sounds great. All right, <laughs> give this man some more eggnog. 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. And by the way, next hour, favorite desserts for Thanksgiving. I'm sure you have one or two, Doug. Oh, yeah, pumpkin pie. Me too. Do you like your pumpkin pie a little runny? or I like, no. it, I like it where no. it sticks to the roof of your yeah, mouth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, me too. Cool whip. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you can actually get the ready whip, cool whip, and get her done. We're going to talk about all sorts of great desserts, and then we're going to tell you how you can be happy and healthy during the holiday season. Dr. Bridget Shufo is going to be here today. And then Baird, your money and you. Then it is the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Steelers, Packers, and your Browns taking on Baltimore today. Oh, boy. <laughs> Seven and two, Baltimore. Lamar oh Jackson, boy. MVP. I think one of those two losses, though, was to the Browns early I'm on. I'm telling you, and Miles Garrett, best defensive player in the game. He may be even better than T.J. Watt. I don't right know now. about that. but Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. Short break, we'll be back. You know, I've often said if you ever want to do a promo to promote your show to make it look like you're a star, after you say we'll take the 10th caller, <laughs> then you get the video camera to come in and show the phone lines. Show the phone lines, lines yeah, blowing up like, wow, boy, everybody wants to talk to Doug. <laughs> All right, uh, if you're the 10th caller, you get that gift certificate from Janowski's. Beautiful place out there the other day getting ready for their Christmas open house. Just a wonderful, wonderful place. So 412-922-1020 is the number to dial. So before we get to this call, it looked like a 1938 Columbia, a Harry <laughs> Cohen short of the Three Stooges, me trying to blow leaves the other day. Why I oughta. Listen to me, Doug. <laughs> I could just see you. Got the nice leap. I told from... you, you don't, you don't blow leaves on a windy day. You got to wait oh, a day. my goodness gracious. <laughs> a friend of mine borrowed my backpack blower, and I told him the same thing. I'm like, you're blowing, <clears throat> excuse me, you're blowing leaves today? It's windy is 
all heck out there. He's like, oh, well, I'll figure it out. Okay, two hours, good luck. Two hours to try to figure out a blown fuse. This is a home ownership <laughs> stuff, man. I don't know. You're talking to a guy that hasn't had heat since <laughs> Tuesday. So you got a wood burner anywhere or anything like that? I got I got a fire, but it's not that cold. I got a couple little heaters. But it does make you think about how they lived like a hundred years ago. Or how I would do this if it was, you know, five below zero. All right, here we go. David South Hills. He wants to talk to Doug Oster. He joins us now on KDK. Hey, David. Thanks for your patience. I called. I asked for callers at the top, and you came on, and I didn't even see it. So, what's on your mind? So, we were stuck with a situation where. Uh, due to our one child being special needs, we recently relocated. We haven't listed the other property yet. Um, where we built a you know pollinator garden probably ten years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if there's some of those perennials that I can still try and salvage. Uh, oh, I think so. I think so. Part of, I mean, we're definitely going to rip out part of our front yard and put in a pollinator. You know, trying to essentially replace what we had. Things that we had there, there's bee balm, um, which I picked at some random pop-up tent 10 years ago, and that <laughs> stuff had thrived perfectly there. <laughs> um, then the other question is, I also grow Cascade hops, and mm. I know you have to plant them. They, you, know, you put them in in April, is it crazy for me to put something in the disclosure and agreement requesting to be able to go back out there and pull the uh, pull that rhizome so I can grow hops at this location? Oh, not at all. That happens all the time, and, and that's usually not a problem. You know, so first off, removing those perennials now, I think you'll be in good shape. Are you going to uh, dig them out and put them in a pot for now? Is that going to be the idea? I mean, what would you recommend, or is there some way to harvest seeds off of them? Because no, 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 just take just take the plant, you know, or cut part of the plant off and take that. That's going to be the easiest thing. Seeds are going to take forever, and they're probably hybrids anyway, so you're not going to get the same thing. So for those pollinator perennials, if you had you know garden space for them now, the best thing would be move them from your current home to right into the garden. But if you, if the soil is not ready and you haven't made the, a, a bed yet, there'd be nothing wrong with taking those perennials out, putting them in a in pots, and then just kind of heal them in for the winter. Put them in a protected spot, maybe use some, you know, straw around them, and they'll be just fine. And then certainly you can work out a deal where, listen, I want to come back and get this or that. You know, even even you could do it that way too. You know, just say, listen, I I want some of these plants in the spring. Is it okay if I come back? And usually that's that's fine. That's no big deal. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug. All right, good luck with that. All right. So what else is on your mind today? Well, I got a few other questions here from listeners and uh John had one and it's it's the number one question. He's he's like, When should I trim my hydrangea? Never. Uh, the thing is with hydrangeas, there's so many different types. You could be trimming off the flowers, and th- this happens all the time. Even in the spring, it happens where you, you've got some good growth and then some kind of like woody stems that are kind of growing, and people want to cut those woody stems out. You can't do it until you're sure they're not going to bloom for you. And so there is one you know type of hydrangea that you can cut it to the ground, but... 
if you don't know what kind it is, and usually people are growing one called hydrangea macrophylla, which is your typical mop head, which we everybody wants pink and blue flowers, and that's a beautiful plant. But in general, it's it's not that reliable of a bloomer for us anymore because uh, like many plants nowadays, we're getting these warm spells in the winter, the buds swell up, and then they freeze out. So as far as pruning that hydrangea goes, just leave it be unless you know what you're doing, unless you know that it's it's a variety that puts on uh, flowers on the new growth as opposed to overwintering the, the buds. You know, there are so many cool hydrangeas out there that aren't mop head hydrangeas that, that are more reliable bloomers. Uh, you know, there's one called Invincible Spirit and Invincible Spirit 2, which has pink flowers and you know, it's tough down to zone four, which is much colder than us. And, you know, the deer will nibble on these. That's that's for sure. But it's so uh, indestructible that just every year it blooms. And a part of the proceeds from, from that hydrangea goes to uh, breast cancer research. Uh, so it's easy to find. Uh, and every year you'll have blooms. You won't have to worry about that. I did get another question, too, uh, from Carrie. Can I do anything now to help my vegetable garden for next year? Oh, for sure. You know, I always like to set up my vegetable garden now in advance. You know, right now in the vegetable garden, not the perennial garden, we're taking all all that stuff out. It should be out already. Of course, in my garden it isn't. All the old tomato vines and peppers and beans, everything that was tender comes out. And then I always put compost on top of those beds and then some mulch in my case for the vegetable garden it's straw to hold that compost in place and now that thing is going to be ready to plant first thing in the spring and even if we get two weeks of rain because you've got that nice layer of compost on top actually you know i have that compost on top now in the spring i'll put i'll remove that mulch and I'll put another layer of compost on top, maybe just a bag, uh, or if I have it on my compost pile, you know, a, a wheelbarrow full. And that stuff you can plant in no matter what the spring rains are doing. And so you can get in early. I like to do this thing called winter sowing, where I'll take radishes, seeds, radishes, seeds, <laughs> radish seeds. Close enough. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> radish seeds, spinach seeds, lettuce seeds. And I'll put them in really early when we get a thaw in February. And the compost will already be there from now. You know, it'll be in place. And those seeds will just sprout when they're ready. And usually that means uh, around St. Patrick's Day. You know, the first year I did it, I found uh, radish seeds out in the garden. And I was like, hmm, well, I'll give it a shot. And I put the whole packet onto this bed of compost that was there and kind of kicked them in. And thinking that, you know, maybe 10% would sprout, but they all sprouted. And like I said, right near St. Patrick's Day, when I officially start planting the peas and stuff like that. And so, yeah, get that get that vegetable garden in shape now, and you'll be able to plant uh, first thing. Another question from June. Do I still have time to move some perennials? Well, that's the, we just answered that question. Like salvia and hostas. Uh, so on the salvia, yes. On the hostas... They're probably, you could do it, but they're probably at this point kind of turning to mush, the tops. The best time to move those hostas is first thing in the morning when, first thing in the morning, 
Rob, I can't get anything together today. First thing in the spring when they pop up, when you just see that little, like, it looks like asparagus when it sprouts up, you cut them up then. You can do it anytime, but that's the best time because when you take that part out, then the, the rest of it leaves out. You can't tell that that part is gone. Don't forget uh, our buddy, Andy Amrine, Big Saturday. Next week, 70 years EV True Value. I'm going to try to get out there after work. Uh, he doesn't just, look that old. No, you know, he was 15 when he started. Jeez. I know. I, I did a did a comprehensive story at one point. And he was telling me all that, starting as a kid then and then all the way through to uh, running that place. And they ha- they've been running some nice ads on, not ads, but nice posts. On Facebook. Yeah, about all the employees you know, a lot of them are going to come back and celebrate the day. Oh, with that's cool. Yeah, so all sorts of good things happening, and nobody throws a party like Andy. He's a good man. You he know, he's, he helps everybody. Everybody. You know, when we were on KDKA PTL together all the time, every week he was bringing stuff for people, like you know, drain cleaner or window stuff, or just you know. And anytime I have need anything done, or I try to attempt to do something in my house, heaven forbid. I always ask Andy first, hey, do you know anything about, or do you know a roofer, or do you know a guy does gutters, or do you know, what should I do here? So, yeah, good good guy. Him and Mike Bronischewski, all those folks from True Value, we love them. Okay, short break, check some sports for you, then we'll come back. And again, you got a gardening question, anything on your mind for Doug, call us now. We've got lines available, 866-391-1020. Hey, take part in a treasured holiday tradition, create an edible masterpiece, and enter the city of Pittsburgh's 21st annual gingerbread house competition by November 5th. Details at kdkradio.com. All right. <laughs> Should I tell him or you? Uh, you tell him. Jeez. I've been trying was... to save this thing so I can promote <laughs> something that uh, Coons Market is doing all morning long on my computer. <laughs> and you and I, but that's why you're the journalist. We just slammed Spent the, the entire side. break uh, trying to get a picture out of a PDF onto a Word format onto his desktop. But it worked. All yes. Right. Here's Tom in the North Hills for Doug Oster. Welcome Doug Oster, to the Tom. computer show. Yeah, um, I had a question about lemon balm. Uh, <clears throat> last summer I bought a bunch of seed, or seeds and I grew them in a pot and they all grew clo- really close together. You know, he's a bunch. Mm-hmm. And um, that did well. And I brought them in to the house in the pot, um, you know, when it started getting cold and they're doing well in the house. But this morning I happened to decide, well, I'll look up lemon balm in my herb book. And it says something about in the winter time you're supposed to cut them back and let them rest. So, so that they yeah, help so, their root system or something. Well, lemon balm's from the mint family. It's an indestructible plant. So what right. for outdoor growing, what happens is it pops up in the spring. It's actually very invasive. Uh, once it's out there, you'll never get rid of it. Uh, and then this time of the year, it, just, it dies back on its own. There's nothing wrong with bringing a pot of it in and, and growing it on the windowsill. It'll go all it'll go all winter long for you, as long and as you. And then it'll it'll just keep going next spring. Too. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Right. Yeah, they're right. they're like I said, it's just they're tough as nails. And right now, what are you using lemon balm for? That's what I want to know because it, <laughs> it smells like lemon pledge. Well, I just happened to see the seeds for sale, so I grabbed them, and I throw them in. Like tomorrow, I'm gonna make some chicken with some peanut butter and tomato sauce and. I guess um, chicken with potato. peanut butter and tomato sauce. Right, and um, um, 
potatoes and carrots and stuff like that. So I'll just cut some down and just throw it in because, you know, that's the kind of thing you can throw anything into. Yeah. How does peanut butter go into that? I, yeah, he just kind of like threw well, that out Well, you, know? you make a peanut butter sauce. In a sense, you put some water in. Oh, okay. dilutes it. Okay. And then you put tomato sauce. Jeez. Or tomato paste, I guess. Okay. Tomato paste in it, and uh, then you kind of bake it uh, in the oven. Or you can do it on top of the stove, too, for that matter. I think I'll, I'll probably just do it on top of the stove because it's uh, uh, easier to do it that way. Well, that sounds good. All right, yeah. good luck with your lemon balm. We went from the computer show to the food show. Now let's go to the garden show. Listen, it all works, man. <laughs> and I know how much you love Thanksgiving. You know what I remember about you and your lovely bride when I first met you? You were in the newspaper industry at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You would just invite people that didn't have any place to go for Thanksgiving. And I used to think that was just such a wonderful That was a lot of fun. And one of those people that came, she was a two-year intern from Germany. Never had experienced Thanksgiving. Never experienced this type of Thanksgiving. And when she got married, she invited us to her wedding in Germany. Did you go? Yeah. Neat. A German wedding is the most incredible thing you've ever been it's at. Days and days and yeah, days. Yeah, it's like one in the morning, they started reserving food and stuff. You know, <laughs> one of my kids uh, left the, the dinner table because they just kept, every time you took a sip of wine, they refilled your glass. And so, and like, in the middle of dinner, one of my sons left and went back to his room, and I'm like, he didn't come back. I'm like, what happened to him? He's just like, boom, out. out cold. Well, <laughs> the other one was dancing at, like, one in the morning with the entire crew. So, But isn't it amazing how just that little breaking of bread and next thing you know, you're in Germany celebrating someone's wedding. Yeah, there was another guy, too. He used to be with the PG. He writes sports somewhere else now. I follow him on Twitter, and... His parents were so excited because he, again, he was just just a young kid that came to uh, the PG, didn't have any place to go to, to eat, and I was serving basically almost, a, or my wife was serving almost the same exact thing that they had at their family dinner, and his parents were actually so excited that, that, nice. that he had a place. I used to love doing that. But then I'd get, you know, the idea was, <laughs> this is this is how interesting people are. Okay, so the idea was, if you don't have a place to go, come to my house for, and usually interns or somebody who, who had just moved into town. Well, then people started coming, like, I had people come who would have their Thanksgiving dinner and then come to our Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> a, little, a little busy. <laughs> Well, what yeah, did you do with all the food? I mean, because after a while, people were probably bringing stuff too, right? That's the other kind of funny thing. No? <laughs> for the most part, you know, especially for the young people, I just, they couldn't bring anything. But the people that had, like, ex they didn't bring anything either. So your wife was really putting in the hours. Well, she always does for Thanksgiving, you know. Man. This Thanksgiving, I think there's only going to be... Let's see. Now it'll be five, six, about six of us, so it won't be too but bad. But I always thought I always thought that was so generous and so. Kind. Well, it's just it was just fun. You, you did know? that for a long time. Yeah, it was just fun. You know, I was there seventeen years, so I did it every year. But then got to a point where I wasn't working in the office anymore. I was I changed. I was originally hired there as a picture editor, and then it it went to gardening. And so, as a picture editor, you you work with everybody in the, in the building. You know, they're always coming to you. And so you get to know everybody. When I wasn't working in the building anymore, it was harder to get people to come for Thanksgiving because they were like, who? 
he works here? <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons why I love that industry and the stories, especially during the holidays and makes you kind of, uh, and you see it in black and white in print, you realize how fortunate you are because there are so many people struggling. And that's why Doug and I always talk about the Pittsburgh Community Food Bank and why it's so important. Oh, definitely. You know, uh, if you just, if you ever go to the food bank, if you ever see the people that are served there, you know, there's people that are seriously working two, three jobs, but can't make ends meet and need food for the kids and for seniors. And yeah, if you can help the food bank, that's, that's an important thing to do. And, and used to have a event where you could bring your garden produce, but since COVID, we have not been able to put that back together. Tomato and garlic festival. I got to try that. Okay, next week, my guest is Keith Kaiser, executive, executive director of the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, to talk about the amazing and unique light show that's throughout the garden called Dazzling Nights. I'm answering questions after the show at DougOster.com. Get some information on my latest tour. I'm touring uh, the National Parks of America. And remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. And there he goes, Doug Oster, DougOster.com. Frank Dentisi, it's Thanksgiving desserts and more next on the Coons Cooking Hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.